your complete betting guide to this weekend's English Premier League action. Please gamble responsibly. This is the Sportsbet.io Premier League podcast. Welcome to the Sportsbet.io Premier League preview for one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Premier League weekend of this season. Uh, we are, of course, hurtling towards Manchester City versus Liverpool at the end of this weekend. Uh, but we'll build up with previews of every single match that's going on in this Premier League match week. Happy to say that uh, we've got uh, former Liverpool striker Neil Mellor and the football journalist John Bruin with us today. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to start off with you, Neil. How much are you looking forward to this weekend, particularly that game at the Etihad? Cannot wait. What a game in store. It's been built up, and rightly so, because it's the two best teams by far in the Premier League, and it's the two teams that are battling it out for the Premier League title. And, and it is it's exactly that, a real battle, which we think will go right to the wire. This could have a significant impact Whoever wins won't win the Premier League on Sunday, but it could have a, a huge bearing on who does win it come the end of the season. City have a one-point advantage. City are at home. Uh, Liverpool are the team, I believe, with the momentum going into this huge, huge game. John, how do you see the, the, the midweek Champions League games and what they then have to do next week? How will that have a bearing on, on this game on Sunday? It's funny, isn't it? Those, those midweek games almost felt like a warm-up. Um, you know, you, you travel away to to the stadium of light, and you're considering about what's going to happen on the on the Sunday. Um, City might be a bit more bruised and battered, having played Atletico. I think they were made to work for that quite a lot. Um, but this game, it, it feels like okay, they've faced each other a bit over the last couple of seasons. It feels like this is a, almost like a a rematch of the game back in January 2019. You know, the, the John Stones clearance, the the Vincent Company red card that might have been. Um, 11 millimetres of the ball not going 11, over the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, certain people on Merseyside questioning whether goal line technology actually works, but let's not. But yeah, um, that, that was, I think that was the last previous big one. They've had a few games you know, including the pandemic football, which aren't really relevant. But I think I read that uh, between these two teams over the last four seasons, there's a point in it between them. And that's why we are really looking forward to this game. Uh, it, it's probably going to be an absolute disappointment and a nil-nil. Uh, but, but, but there we go. Um, this, this, is, this is what dreams are made of. Exactly. Enjoy the build-up. The anticipation is everything. Uh, which we and we're going to, going to make you wait because that that preview will come as the final game of this weekend. So we'll get everything out of the way in between, and uh, we'll kick off with. Uh, let's start off with Friday night football. We are we are back with Friday night football. Uh, let's start off at St James's Park. Friday night football then at Newcastle. It's Newcastle versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Newcastle 2.28, Wolves 3.5. The draw is 3.1. Neil Mellor, what's your your thoughts on Newcastle, who really got themselves humbled at Spurs through the week? And and that's not been been how it's been going to plan for Eddie Howe. No, I I think there will be a response. Um, Second half, they were awful, weren't they? Tore apart by um, Harry Kane. And, and and that Spurs attack, 5-1 in the end, it was 1-1 at half-time. Newcastle actually took the lead, so that's three defeats in a row. All of a sudden, we were saying Newcastle are safe. Are they looking over the shoulder? Seven points clear. 
I think one more win will be enough. And um, and this could be the one. Um, Newcastle, um, Wolves, they, they beat Villa, didn't they, last weekend? They've won three of the last four in, in decent form. I think top four is a big ask, but they're still fighting for European football. So so plenty plenty on this fixture to look forward to. John, that's a, a pretty decent point made by Neil there, which is how many points are, are going to stay up this season? And, and with eight games to go for Newcastle, you would you would presume that their form previously under under Eddie Howe would get them over the maybe even over the forty point mark. We don't know, but three three defeats in a row, they need to start changing that around if they're just going to make sure that they're safe. Yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, I mean they're on. 31 points at the moment. They probably need two more wins to be absolutely safe. Um, Burnley have got 24. I mean, you know, that's asking an awful lot of those teams at the bottom to catch them up. I think they are safe. Uh, but as Neil said, um, the Eddie Howell revolution, of which there's been an awful lot of press, a lot of jubilation on Tyne's side about how they found the manager to really turn things around, um, a lot of praise for his training methods on it has judded to a halt. Um, not just losing to Wolves, uh, not just losing last week, uh, which you know is perfectly respectable. Um, did lose to Everton, uh, which let's just say that's an outlier these days. Um, and um, yeah, I'd have to fancy Wolves in this one, really. Um, they've had uh, a best. They've, if so, they've done exactly what they would be expected of this season is they've improved since Nuno. Uh, the, the new manager, Bruno Large, has come in, done a good job. They're probably short of European class, but I think they're a much better team than Newcastle at the moment. Um, slightly back to the drawing board for Newcastle, I think, but they'll be safe. Um, but uh, I suspect there's a lot more work to go into them next season before Newcastle's fans of cups and trophies and European competition are to be realised. Uh, Neil, Wolves have got some pretty solid away form in the Premier League this season, haven't they? They're, they've won, they have won at Tottenham by by two goals to nil. They have won at Everton, uh, which is not the outlier per, uh, results. Um, they've they've lost at Arsenal and West Ham in, in recent weeks uh, away from home, but they don't tend to draw too many away. It's, it's, it's either win or defeat. It's not many goals in Wolves, Wolves no. matches as ever, no. but they can go away and get themselves a positive result. It's, it's actually the fourth best away record in the Premier League, so that's really impressive from, from Wolves. Like you say, they've won eight of the 15 away games, but finding a way to win, it's not been exciting. Um, they've scored 15 goals in 15 of those away games, um, but defensively they've been organised and, and made it difficult for the opposition. And I think that'll be the same at Newcastle. I don't expect it to be many goals in the game. What I would say, though, is um, Newcastle have been strong at home. We're talking about them losing three in a row. They've actually won three in a row at home. The, the five unbeaten. Their only defeat in nine home Premier League games was to Man City, which is which is obviously um, no shame in, in that one at all. Um, and I've got a quiz question for you, John and Dave. Newcastle's last home Premier League win against Wolves was back in 2011. It was 4-1. All I want is one goal scorer from both of you. There was four scorers for Newcastle that day. Can you give me one of them? Premier League? Premier League. Last time Newcastle beat Wolves at home in the Premier League was 2011. It was 4-1. Can you give me one of the Newcastle goal scorers that day? Happy Cissé. That's your guess. That's been registered. Dave, have you got one for me? 
Oh, I can't think of any Newcastle players in 2011. It's one of the, the whole decade has gone. Um, I'm going to sound stupid and say Kieran Dyer. You got Nolan, Amiobi, Levin Krugs, and Gutierrez. They were the four goal scorers wow. for the vessel. Wow. Gutierrez. Wow. Peter Krugs. Yeah, yeah. He, he was there briefly. Yeah. I know. Yeah. In 2011, though. Yeah, good, good piece of Mike Ashley dealing there. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that start, lads. I've got, I've got one up over you. I'm sure you'll, you'll get your equaliser soon. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, good question, Neil. <laughs> good question. Uh, so my question to you, Neil, is uh, which way is this going to go? Uh, I'm going to disagree with John. I think Newcastle will win. And the goal scorer I would like you to look at for me, please, is a player who scored all of his goals at home this season. He's gone seven games without scoring. It is, of course, St. Maximum. I think he will get on the score sheet okay. and he could be the difference. Uh, 3.5 any time, uh, 6.66 first goal, looking to be back fit now. And it will, will be very important to have him back uh, for the run-in. Uh, Newcastle's uh, fixtures coming up. They've got Wolves, they've got Leicester, Palace, Norwich away. So there's there's your three points, and unless you're Everton. And uh, and then, then their final games are tough, aren't they? They finish Liverpool, City, Arsenal, and then Burnley last day, which could be very interesting for for both of those sides, but they'll need to be uh, safe by then. Uh, I agree. I couldn't see Newcastle being in jeopardy on the final day of the season, so that could be an interesting one to go go to Burnley, knowing uh, exactly what the the other team might have to do. Uh, Wolves themselves, where well, they're they're um, they're not horribly mid table, but they're, they're they're in a position where they they could get themselves into the European challenge plate or whatever we're calling it next season. It's um, in depending but, on what happens. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which might be good, might be not good, not so good. But we'll, but do you think Wolves have? Uh, do you think Wolves have got the edge here, John? I do. Yeah, I mean, I just think that Newcastle have maybe run out a bit, a bit of steam. I think that. Um, I mean, Neil, Neil obviously ran through the stats there about the home record, and I, having said that, I mean, he makes a good point. I think with with the fans on the side, uh, St James, that's made a real big difference to their home form this season. Uh, a happy St James's Park. Um, but I do think that that sort of rush of emotion that carried them along under Eddie Howe, um, and let's face it, he's got the best out of some players who you would suggest probably aren't of the highest standard uh, that, that a team like Newcastle uh, would aspire to. Uh, I, I think he's done a, a, a good job setting aside other concerns. Um, and... Um, I just think that they've run out of steam a bit and I think Wolves have been decent all season and are good away. And the manager will have a plan to pick apart Newcastle, who I think are vulnerable. But, you know, I, I, I couldn't dismiss Neil's logic at all. OK, Wolves and under one and a half is 8.5. Wolves and under two and a half is six. Uh, Newcastle, just to edge this, uh, maybe Newcastle under, under two and a half is 4.2. There's been a lot of one-all draws between these two sides in recent seasons. Uh, and yeah, this could be a very low scoring, but then who knows with Newcastle? Classical entertainers as they are. Uh, Newcastle against Wolves is Friday night football. Uh, and this is the sportsbet.io Premier League preview. Uh, coming up next, we will head to Goodison Park, the home of ent- the en- their own entertainment, or maybe other people's entertainment, as the Ronaldo and, and co Come to town. Saturday kicks off with 
quite the game at Goodison Park. Everton versus Manchester United. Everton uh, having lost the uh, winner take something like all mid midweek battle of the. Oh, I mean, what a game that was! Burnley versus Everton. Um, John Bruin, we'll we'll start with with your thoughts on Everton and whether you think they can get anything out of a game against Manchester United or indeed any other game. As Sean Dyche <laughs> suggested, uh, away from home, they've forgotten how to win. So at half-time, it was very simply, lads, it's Everton. Yeah, that that was, uh, well, clever by Sean Dyche, wasn't it? Um, certainly throwing the pressure onto Everton there. Um it's one of those, isn't it? That in the old days, uh, you you would talk about them that being pinned up on the dressing room wall. Uh, but then again, no one reads a newspaper anymore, so uh, that, that might not happen. Um, I, 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 yeah, Everton. Um, you know, just just when you think that they're going to get back into it, they had a bit of fortune at, at, at Turf Moor. With, I mean, there were two penalties. They were both, you know, good decisions. Um, get themselves into that position and then fall apart after half time. Um, there is this suggestion that they're not playing for the manager, but let's flip that around to Manchester United now. Um, against Leicester last week, Manchester United uh, were very poor, were very slow in their movement. Um I'll introduce a personal thing to this. I watched that game with uh, my oldest friend who was, used to be a big Man United fan. Has not been for years, doesn't really pay attention. Life's moved on for him. And he said to me, they don't move around like they used to. And he's absolutely right. The, the, the sort of pace that Manchester United play at, play at now is, is glacial. Um, now, whether that's to do with Ralph Ranić, whether that's to do with motivation, whether that's to do with the actual personnel in the team, I don't know. Um, but talking of Ranić, uh, you've got this big speculation this week that Ten Hag is going to be the manager. That pretty much finishes Ranić's usefulness, you might say, to, to the to the club. Okay, they're going to try and qualify for European football. Um, but if I was Frank Lampard, it's very difficult to envisage that being the case. Uh, you'd suggest that Manchester United are one of those teams that you could get at because... They do move at that slow pace. It's not a happy camp. Um, and a motivated Everton uh, who do possess good players uh, with Goodison on their side can get a win against Manchester United, you'd suggest. But it's this Everton. It is this Everton. My question to you, Neil, is at the moment, are they able to get Goodison on their side, do you think? Obviously, it, ha- it worked against Newcastle, but there's, there was such a feeling that midweek was so important. Yeah. At Burnley, that there's a lot of re- almost resignation that that this that this is almost a done deal. But there's, a, there's actually a lot of games left in this season. Yeah, and I think the the atmosphere at Everton's not good. You know, I think back to that last game against Newcastle. It was they, they wanted to to argue with their own players, the opposition, the officials. It just wasn't a good atmosphere at all. I'm not sure that helps the players, if I'm being honest. Um, I think there's a, a, a big section of Everton fans as well, some with the manager, some against the manager already, talking about possibly him going. Um, and it's really unsettled. You know, I agree with John about Man United. That's an unsettled environment as well. So two football clubs with very different outcomes maybe at the end of the season, but still the harmony isn't there. It's not a happy place. 
Um, Everton trying to stay up, Man United trying, trying to get the top four. It's a game, two big rivals, of course, from my old team, Liverpool, that I quite enjoy seeing these teams lose. Um, so, <laughs> I, 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 I be more honest, honest in these podcasts, Neil. I mean, you know, come I, on. Although I've got to be, I don't want to see Everton go down. I, I must admit that. Um, I like. I think it's good for the city to have them in the Premier League, albeit I don't want to see them finish above Liverpool. So I don't want to see them go down. I just don't know where they're going to get any points from at all. They, they don't like winning games, as Sean Dyche even said in his half-time team talk. And this is a game I do not see them winning at all, despite potentially the fans helping them. Although I think the mood at the moment isn't helping them inside Goodison. Yeah, if we suggest that Everton may be, it, it might even be a bit too positive to think they need 36 points to stay up. They've got 25 now from 29 games. The 40-point mark has come down and down in recent seasons. Yeah. Where do where do they get, you know, three, four wins from? Or 11, you know, it, even nine draws are not going are not going to help them out or eight draws or whatever they've got left. It's it, it's really difficult to see where Everton could get the points from. But you're right then that Manchester United are, are not playing well at all. But 11 versus 11, John, as I believe football still is, unless FIFA have their <laughs> way. Um, it's it's not really a contest, is it, the way they're going? Because I think Everton will... will it, was, it was only... The Sean Dyche thing of they've forgotten how to win games. When he said that, I kind of went, oh, yeah, that seems about right, that. And you might think that actually some of the Everton players might, might look at it and go, do you know what, I think he might even have a point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Remember, Sean Dyche is acting in his own self-interest oh, of course, there. Yeah. Of course, he, he wants Everton players to think they can't win a game. Uh, uh, because, well, he'd only won his fourth game of the season. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so he probably knows what it's like to manage players that don't know how to win a game. But um, do you know what? I, 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 I'm going to take one of my flyers here. I think this game could be a draw because I just think that mostly because United is just so bad uh, that, you know, a, a previous iteration of Manchester United would have seen a team like Everton turned up in such a mess, taken them apart, maybe not even won by that much, but just got the job done nice and easy. See you later. But I don't really see that in this Manchester United team. The only thing you would say is Cristiano Ronaldo, I was off sick last week, um, the suggestion is he's going to be back. Um, I'd suggest that Ronaldo would quite enjoy playing against this Everton defence, um, judging by what's gone on the last couple of matches. Um, so maybe Ronaldo to score, which obviously is not going to be fantastic odds. But um, I just don't trust Manchester United at the moment. So I, I, I favour the draw because I'd prefer to take the odds on that one, I think. Uh, Ronaldo is 2.1 any time, which probably isn't, isn't that bad considering his... His career, and as they coming back, Bruno Fernandes at 2.9 yeah. is in pretty decent nick. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is Everton's favourite at 3.33 any time. Um, and then you're heading down towards, I mean, Richarlison at 4.75. A couple of penalties in midweek. He's, uh, he's been scoring a lot from the spot, did for Brazil in the international week as well. Um, and then you're down to Fred at 5.5. Anthony Gordon, who seems to be the only player who's, who's running around for Everton at the moment, is 5.5. Um, and then will Deli Ali get another Premier League game at all with Everton? The, 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 it's the run of players that you've got there, particularly for, for Manchester United, actually, in terms of goal scorers, there's not there's not that much in the list. Alanga, Jesse Lingard, Jaden Sancho is four point five. A pretty poor first season he's had at uh, at Old Trafford. 
Uh, Damari Gray's four and a half as well for uh, for Everton. Paul Pogba at 4.33. So, um, again, one of those games which the atmosphere may well determine uh, how this goes. And if United get themselves an early goal, which is always a possibility, um, and their away form, of course, over the last 18 18 months, two years has been spectacular. Yeah, uh, only last the last few months really is as it eased off under Ralph Rangnick. But they, they don't tend to lose away from home, so maybe the draw at 3.75 is the way to go there. The under two and a half goals is two, over two and a half is 1.83. Uh, that's Everton against Manchester United, which again might be one to just follow along in the clubhouse on Clubhouse Radio to see how this game gets underway and whether Everton might have their traditional fast start and also traditional very late uh, falling apart completely situation. At Everton against Manchester United, uh, we'll uh, get on with the rest of the uh, relegation possibilities as we continue uh, throughout the uh, the afternoon. The three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday are Arsenal, Brighton, Southampton, Chelsea, Watford, Leeds. Uh, where should we start with these as a quick run around? Um, well, let's, let's go to Arsenal-Brighton, because Arsenal were pretty poor for an hour and maybe longer at Crystal Palace on Monday. Uh, they're 1.69 to beat Brighton, who are absolutely woeful at the minute. Five for them to win uh, at the Emirates, 3.8 the draw. Um, Neil, it's, it's not getting any easier for Brighton, but maybe the way Arsenal performed on Monday will give them maybe just a chance to get a shot on target. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think Arsenal will look to respond. I think we spoke last week about Arsenal being on this great run. It will end eventually, and it did against uh, Crystal Palace because they're not consistent enough to, to to put such a great run together. I have to credit you with that, Neil. I have to say, you were we'll, you were very strong on Palace on Monday, and, and Arsenal not being as good as everyone makes out, and you were no, absolutely you know, bang on. But 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 they are in, in the battle for, for top four, and that would be huge for Arsenal. They've been out of the Champions League for a few seasons. Uh, and that's their aim this season. If they are to win this game, they, they put the pressure then on to, to Spurs, who play later on. Um, and psychologically, playing first can put that pressure on, on your opponent when you're chasing something like top four. Brighton Brighton had 31 shots <laughs> against Norwich last weekend. They missed the penalty um, and didn't score. But they did end a run of six defeats in a row. Brighton season just petering out. They're not going to get relegated. Um and because they achieved so much in the first part of the season, expectation may have risen. Um, uh, I don't fancy Brighton getting anything. I think Arsenal will respond. And the player I'd like you to look at for me, Dave, on the first goal scorer odds is Smith Rowe. He scored on his last start at home uh, for Arsenal. He's been on the bench a few games. He did start that last game against Palace. I think he'll start again at home. And I think he will get himself a goal for Arsenal. Should have scored at Palace as well. 2.6 any time. Uh, he had a, a really good opportunity. Just just fluffed it as Arsenal did start creating things late on in that game, but then also created a penalty for Crystal Palace uh, to see themselves off. Uh, 2.6 any time. Elsewhere at the top of the market, for, they're all for Arsenal, as you can imagine. Uh, Lacazette, 2.83. Uh, Martinelli at 3. 2.9 for Saka. Uh, and 3 for Nicola Pepe. Uh, 3 for Eddie Nketiah. Uh, and then it's... Uh, Mopai at 3.75 is the favourite for uh, Brighton uh, if he gets anywhere near goal. Uh, John, is this is this a really simple home win? Do you think 1.69 for Arsenal is, is, is short, but Brighton in dreadful form? Yeah, they are. They are. And, uh, uh, Graham Potter's been talking about how he's been impressed about how his players are getting closer and closer. Um, yeah. Well, uh, you in know. the six-yard box soon. Get, well, yeah. You know, that, that, yeah, well, I mean, 
actually his quotes the other day weren't that far off that you know one day we'll 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 find how to do this goal thing um <laughs> but um one thing to su- suggest about uh, the way Crystal Palace beat Arsenal on Monday, uh, they compressed the space, didn't they? They made sure that Arsenal are so effective going down those wings. Um, though they're not so effective when Kieran Tierney's not in the team, of course, he's out for the rest of the season. Um, I, I'm an admirer of Graham Potter in the sense that I, I think he works very hard on the games up ahead of him. He'll have a plan for Arsenal. He'll have a plan for them. Brighton, despite uh, that run of form, aren't the worst in defence, though they've not been helped by injuries, the likes of Adam Webster and so on. Um, if this is, I'd suggest a narrow win for Arsenal in this one. You're looking at a 1-0, an, an under 1.5 game, that type of thing. Uh, I don't think it'll be easy for them because it being Arsenal uh, and uh the fragility of the confidence of that club as a whole. Um, I suggest this one's going to be quite a nervy one for them um, because they'll be playing with Aston Villa, playing uh, Tottenham later on, and they'll be thinking that Tottenham may win that one. Um, the pressure's on. The pressure's on, and it's time for them to respond to that. Um, <clears throat> and for Brighton, it's something of a free hit, really. As, as Neil said, they're safe. Um but I can see them making it difficult for Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, 1-0 win, let's say, something like that. OK, Arsenal under 1.5 is 6.33. Under 2.5 and an Arsenal win is 3.5. Brighton have won here uh, a couple of seasons back uh, with a late Neil Mopai goal uh, to give them a 2-1 victory. But uh, Brighton on that terrible run of form. Arsenal, though, looking ahead. Seemingly that North London derby in a few weeks' time is uh, is hurtling towards them at a, a, a rate of not It's Aston Villa against Tottenham later on, as John suggests. Uh, let's move on to uh, one of the other games this afternoon before we actually get on to what is the meatiest of the three o'clock kickoffs: uh, Southampton versus Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea. Um, I'll start with you again, John. Um, do you think Chelsea's and everything else that's going on around Chelsea has it all just kind of come to a head this week when we thought that they were doing so well with it? They've they succumbed in the rain to Karim Benzema in the Champions League uh, while at, Bre- at home to Brentford last week. The defence stopped defending and the goalkeeper stopped keeping goal. And, and Mendy's had a terrible week. You put Ke- you put Kepper in, wouldn't you, for this one? Oh, big call, big call. Would you? I I can't see too, too good doing that, but I might be wrong, Dave. I might be wrong. I often am. Uh, I, I would say I'm pretty sure Thomas Tuchel doesn't listen to what I say. No, I'm, no. Ab- I'm absolutely de- def- definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fairly sure he doesn't listen to me as well. But um, listen, um, yeah, it, it, a few factors at hand there. Um, I think the problem with Chelsea is that if it, for the, the way that they play, if a few players it goes wrong for them, then it can all come apart. Jorginho was desperate against Real Madrid. Um, Christensen had a very forgettable game uh, against uh, against Real Madrid. Um, Brentford, the collapse. Uh, well, though, when you watched watched the highlights of that game, and you talked to those people that were there, it wasn't as if Brentford were undeserved, and it just came from nowhere. They were the better team throughout that game. Um, yeah, I, there is that possibility, isn't there? The uncertainty that we talked about with with both Everton and Manchester United earlier that's perhaps brought to bear 
on Chelsea. Thomas Tuchel in the news as well for personal issues. Um, and he looks very, very unhappy. Um, wasn't far off a Frank Lampard um, un- under the bus job there for his players uh, following that game against Real Madrid. Southampton, another team playing for playing for kicks at the moment, really, aren't they? Um, they might fancy this one. Um, and, you know, if you were to take the Southampton win and it was a different time, you probably have Roman Abramovich on the blower to Gus Hiddink to get him in to save this club for the rest of the season. But these are not those times. But um, crisis club Chelsea, let's embrace that, shall we? Uh, it <laughs> could be fun. It could be fun. It is. A, I mean, it's a huge week for most most clubs this week um, at the top of the table. But for, for Chelsea and for Thomas Tuchel in particular, Neil, mm. he's got to go to the Bernabeu and get a, somehow turn around that game, which he's already said is, impos- is impossible to do. He yeah. said it himself. <laughs> yeah. That game is done. And then he's got he's got Crystal Palace at Wembley next Sunday as well. Mm. Chelsea's season could be over in nine days' time. Yeah, I think they'll finish top four. I think they've got no chance away at Real Madrid. And I think they're fortunate that when they play Palace, Palace's best player can't play against them, which is Conor Gallagher. So so I'm thinking that's bigger, perhaps, um, focus on the FA Cup for Chelsea this season. Uh, it's not going well. Heavily beaten against Brentford, then against Real Madrid. Wasn't surprised with that Real Madrid result. Some people might have been, but but I certainly wasn't. Um, and Southampton are, are a side who have got a couple of Chelsea players. Broha won't play, who I think is a good player for, for Southampton. Now, I don't know if Livermento signed for Southampton or not, or if he's on loan, but again, I think he's an important player for Southampton. A couple of potentials missing out there, which are key for Southampton. Um, Dave, I'm going to stick with Juwan Lukaku. Last Premier League goal, December. He's got zero in 2022. He came off for the last 25 minutes against Real Madrid. I think he'll start this game. Um, so I wouldn't mind backing Lukaku to get a goal. And Mount has now got one Chelsea goal in 22 games. Wow. What happened to that next Frank Lampard goal-scoring midfield player? He is due one as well, Mount. Mason Mount, for me, the, the, the Carabao Cup final was... It could have been... He could have had a hat-trick in that final, couldn't he? He could have won the Cup for Chelsea all by himself. But it just... It, it seems to have been... That's how it's gone for him in, in 2022. And, and again, looking at Lukaku when he came on, if, if he could head a ball... and. I suppose it was a decent effort with the one that went just just wide, but should have scored from there. He'll still be a weapon to use against against Real Madrid uh, in midweek. But again, they've got to think about how the, how they're going to approach it. I think your point, John, there about Jorginho being off form and then that affecting pretty much everything else, making Thiago Silva look like yeah, 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 that's Thiago true. Silva. Yeah, um, you need to shield the screen, that defense. If the screen isn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question, question for you both, Dave, John, very quickly. Um, Southampton have got a terrible record against Chelsea. One win in 14. The last time they beat Chelsea at home was 2013. It was 2-1. Give me a goal scorer from that day for Southampton. One plays in the Premier League currently and one's retired. Two goal scorers, 2-1 win against Chelsea. 2013, last time Southampton beat Chelsea at home. Ricky Lambert. Correct. That's one goal scorer. One oh, nil job. That was the one that was from last week. That did, did Dave, can you um, get an equaliser? He currently plays in the Premier League. He got a goal last night. He scored last night. What a clue that is. I suddenly can't remember who scored last Oh. He's not got too many night. options to pick from. Got to get this. Come on. 
Oh no, come on. No, so he scored in I'm not gonna ask if he scored in the Premier League or the it's Champions got, League. Is he got a famous dad? It wasn't Richarlison. It wasn't Richarlison. He didn't play Richarlison. Come on, Dave. We scored for Burnley. It's not Jay Rodriguez. Jay yeah, no. Rodriguez got the equaliser in injury oh, time. Oh, there we go. I was I was thinking Jack Cork, but uh, yeah. There you go. I've forgotten he played for Southampton. There you go. Right, excellent stuff. That's Southampton against Chelsea. Yeah, we're, we're heading for oh, Chelsea. Chelsea with the away win. Their away form is is pretty good, actually. And it might be it might be good to get away from Stamford Bridge at the moment. That might be the feeling that that they've got. Southampton got a chance in this just very quickly. Either side, Neil. Just do you think what's a, what's what's the feeling? Yeah, I'm swearing towards Chelsea. Chelsea I'm swearing towards Chelsea. Now they've got that big uh, Champions League game next week as well. But I think they can rotate the squad, and, and I think they'll have just enough because Southampton, a couple of key players missing, nothing to play for. So away win for me. Chelsea at one point nine two, Southampton at four. The draw is three point six. John, agree with the, the Chelsea shout? Yeah, I do. I don't, I, Southampton aren't actually in that that great form. Um, I suppose the thing you'd say is. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, in his post-match with Des Kelly, said the focus is Southampton um, and he will be really, really pushing those players to get some Southampton. If he doesn't, well, yeah, uh, the crisis descends, doesn't it, at that point? Well, yes, I've, I've been worrying about Chelsea's top four in, in a kind of not very worried kind of way um, and that maybe they're, they're oh, it's okay. it's okay, Chelsea finished third. It's still a lot of a lot of games to go as yeah, we're, yeah. we're finding out. It's not quite done and dusted. Uh, a huge game then at Vicarage Road. We move on to Watford against Leeds. Watford at two point six six. Leeds at two point six six. The draw is three point four. Uh, Neil Meller, uh, will Jesse Marsh's Leeds do for Watford? Are we pretty sure that Watford are gone? Is the big question. No. Can no. Roy Hodgson turn this around? No. No. I watched them at Anfield last week and I saw something in them that suggests that. They're going to fight right away to the wire to stay up this season. They were organised. They made it difficult for Liverpool. Didn't give them a lot of space. And they've got they've got a threat going forward. I think they've got a few players in that final third that, that can be match winners. Hernandez, uh, Dennis, uh, and the one I really like is Saar. Now he's back fully fit. I thought he looked sharp at the weekend. Um, and I think against not as good defences, he will score goals. Watford will get a couple of goals. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a home win for, for me. Leeds, six points clear. Uh, I know they've had a couple of good results, two wins and a draw. They don't keep clean sheets. 17 now without a clean sheet for Leeds United. Um, and I think that will continue at the weekend. So, yeah, Roy Hodgson's Watford, three points from safety. Goal difference isn't great, but I think they'll get a win in this big game. Uh, with this Watford game and the possibility possibility of a home win against Leeds could drag Leeds back into it. Obviously, there's some some interesting other games we've spoken about: Everton, Manchester United, Norwich going to Burnley on Sunday. Uh, sorry, Burnley going to Norwich on Sunday. Um, John, is is this relegation scrap? Does it still involve more teams than maybe that we thought? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, maybe. You, well, perhaps. I mean, if we consider that fourteenth place Brentford. That they're considered safe, aren't they? We would probably suggest 33 points. They need one more win. Um, Newcastle seems a, a real outsider. Um, and yet they're just a point clear of Leeds. So, uh, but who, who have played a game more. Um, I'm going to follow Neil in on this. I think Watford can win this game. Uh, we've been waiting uh, for one of Watford or Norwich to rouse themselves and, and pull themselves into the this battle in the fashion that 
that Burnley did after that first win in ages. Um, and I agree that the signs are there for Watford. The Hodgson approach, we all know what that is. Um, and there's been a, a few reverses on the way. Um, but if he can make them solid, they have got talent going forward. Um, let's credit Jesse Marsh by turning things around at Leeds. Um, but I think Watford might, fully enough, have a bit too much for them in this game. So, yeah, let's Watford for the win here. 2.66 for Watford. Uh, Saar is 2.71 anytime. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis is 2.6. Rafinha, the favourite for Leeds at 2.75. And Joe Gellart at 2.9. Um, Neil, is it, is it Saar that you're looking to be yeah. the, 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 the star? Yeah, yeah. We, we must say as well, though, for Leeds, Calvin Phillips came back off the bench in that yeah. draw against. Yeah. That's massive for them. You know, if they do get involved in this relegation battle again, potentially, then, then he could be a big player for them. Um, yeah, watching Watford last week, and Dennis was on the bench, which to me was a surprise. Saar is the one who, his last goal was November, but he's only played five games since because of Af- African nations and injuries. And when I watched him at Andrew, I thought, yeah, sharp. He's, he's going to get scoring a few goals for Watford between now and the end of the season. And it could start at the weekend against Leeds. Interesting that he played on. Did he play the full game at Anfield last season? He played the uh, last week. He played the full game in midweek for Senegal, hadn't he? Alongside Sadio Mane against Egypt, so he's had he's had a couple of runouts uh, against uh, decent-ish opposition. Depending on what you think about Egypt, uh, two point seven one anytime might be the way in for uh, Ismail Assar, and you can uh, build those up together if you think Saar scores. In a Watford victory, uh, you can have that at 4.75. So just edging for Watford on Watford versus Leeds. Uh, next up, we'll go to the uh, the evening kickoff in the Premier League uh, in the UK. And it is Aston Villa versus Tottenham. That's coming next. OK, the 5.30 kickoff is Aston Villa versus Spurs. So Tottenham will know exactly what Arsenal have done at home to Brighton in the race for fourth. But they go to Aston Villa on, well, a huge high, really, after uh, taking Newcastle apart very swiftly in the second half uh, last Sunday afternoon. Uh, Neil Mellor, do you think uh, Tottenham can uh, go to your, your old mate Stevie's backyard and, and grab another three points? Yes, they play that, like they did in that second half, yeah. They're playing well. I think they're playing like a team that have got the confidence and belief back and they've got that target, which is top four. That is that is their aim. That's all, all the games left this season. I think they've got Harry Kane firing to the Harry Kane we know. We spoke about it last week. He's got 33 goals for club and country this season. But he's so much more, isn't he, than, than just that goal scorer. You know, the fact they scored five against Newcastle and he didn't score it was quite incredible, wasn't it? But had so much influence on the game. Spurs look really good at the moment. Villa, another one of the sides we've mentioned already. They're in that bracket with Brighton, Southampton, a number of teams where they'll want a top 10 finish. Stevie will be having a good look to see who do I want to keep for next season. And they'll have a few results between now and the end of the season. But I think Spurs go there full of confidence, full of belief uh, and with more to play for. So I'm fancying Spurs here. Uh, just looking at those prices, Spurs are 2.33, Villa are 3.1, the draw is 3.4. Uh, John, we know with Antonio Conte, the, the, the shape and the, the, the formation is king. Whoever, whoever plays in that formation, it could be anyone in any position, as we've seen with Tottenham. We've got a left, left winger, a left, left back playing right wing back and a right back playing left wing back. And, yeah. And, and it could just all work out. It, it's, it seems to be clicking, which Antonio Conte gets... Pretty quickly with his size, wasn't he? Because we, we've, 
he's not been there long, and suddenly this looks looks like a Conte side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and we've also had times enough time for the Conte tantrum and uh, for that to be turned around. But look at that Tottenham team. Um, Tottenham fans will tell you Romero is just one of the best defenders they've had in a, in a long time, and that's you know including players you know like. Um, uh, the, the two Belgian, Alderweireld and uh, Vertonghen that they had before. He looks a very natural defender. Um, you've obviously got Son and Kane. You've got those those January signings that they brought in, uh, Betancourt and uh, Kuzilevsky, who look uh, you know, excellent, don't they? And then uh, a player reborn in Matt Doherty, that inverted wing-back Um Conte's getting a tune out of his teams in a fashion that very few other managers are getting out of theirs. And unfortunately, that uh, does refer to Steven Gerrard at um, Aston Villa, who I think's had problems with his team this in the recent weeks, trying to trying to fit them together. Uh, as, as Neil said, it does appear to be that uh, we're looking towards next season. Does Can the Coutinho experiment c- uh, continue? Um, Aston Villa are ambitious. Uh, they've got a very ambitious manager as well, but I don't think they match those ambitions at the moment. Um, I've got to fancy the Spurs win for this one. Uh, to put pressure on that top four race, for which uh, I've been mocked a few times for suggesting that Spurs can do this, but I don't think many people would mock me for that opinion right now. I never said that, did I? Have I, didn't, have I, no. I mocked you, John? I don't I've, I've, uh, well, I've, I think I've, you've mocked me on many occasions. Maybe not oh, over there's that. lots of other reasons to mock you, John. I mean, yeah. come on. I don't. This, no. I think this is this is this is you're right up there, um, Neil. Tottenham have a wonderful record record at Aston Villa. They they love going there, don't they? I mean, this um, they, they, what if they won? Let, let, let me find. I think well, it's the last six, definitely. Is it? Well, won seven of the last eight, Dave. And 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 I throw the quiz question in just to show how um, how good that record is. <clears throat> Aston Villa haven't beaten Spurs at home since two thousand and eight. Two goal scorers. It was a two 0 win. Can you give me one of them? Both defenders. Two thousand and eight for Aston Villa. Oh man. Villa beat Spurs two 0 Two defenders got the goals. Can you give me them? John. Martin Larson. Correct. Oh, my word. Pressure's on you, Dave. Oh, I'm never getting this. He was one of my toughest opponents I ever played against. He was an absolute brick wall, this lad. He had a bit of a beard going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was... uh, You can get this, you can get this. Scandinavian as well. I was going to say, is it Nielsen? Oh, no. Melbourne. Melberg. Oh, I love Melberg. Daddy, um, oh, as soon as you said the beard. I yeah. oh. Good player, that's good player. That's how long ago it was that Villa beat Spurs at home and them two players scored. He was a good player. He really was. Martin Larson was a good player as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just injurious. Yeah. So uh, it's Tottenham pretty much all the way, we think, uh, to go and get themselves a win at Villa, who are three defeats on, on the spin. But Tottenham with that fourth position, will they be in fourth at the time of kickoff at Villa Park, we will wait and see. Uh, you'll probably know by now if you're listening to this just before the game on Clubhouse Radio. But uh, enjoy that game. I think it will be a good one. Uh, pretty much under the lights at Villa Park. It should be a good one. Good one. That's uh, Aston Villa versus Tottenham in the Premier League finishing up the games on Saturday. Next up, we'll look at Sunday's matches. Uh, there's one or two interesting ones there. 
Welcome to the sportsbet.io Premier League preview for uh, this weekend's games. We're going to concentrate on Sunday in this edition of the of the podcast. Uh, hopefully you've had a good weekend so far. There is a big game, of course, to end the day here on Sunday. Uh, we'll head to the Etihad later on, but four games on Sunday. Three of them kick off at two o'clock, which we will uh, whiz through before we get through to the main course. Uh, there are a couple of very interesting ones uh, and maybe one or two not so interesting ones. Uh, we'll start with uh, Leicester against Crystal Palace, which might be under that second uh, banner. Uh, Leicester, um, well, what a Leicester City th this season. Uh, Crystal Palace have one eye very much on next weekend's FA Cup semi-final uh, against Chelsea don't they, John Bruin? But can they go and get a win at Leicester? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I suppose with, with Leicester, uh, where the eggs are in the uh, the European GM Vauxhall Conference League at the moment, aren't they? So, um, yeah. I mean, don't call it that when they win it. Well, no, I mean, listen, if, 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 if Brendan Rodgers and, and, and Leicester win that trophy, it will have been... You know, a, a, a good season that they, they would have continued the development, um, and it would have actually rescued the season, wouldn't it? But they played PSV uh, Thursday. That's a tough game, uh, and Crystal Palace are not bad away from home of late. Are the form team can attack with such verve, but as you say, they, they may have the, the, the eyes on, on Wembley the following week. Um, it's a difficult one to call this. Um, I'd, fa I'd go for an away win because I think Palace uh, are going to be less tired, are going to be indeed are, are in better form. Um, I suppose the thing is with Leicester that they've got some of the players back now: Fafana, Evans, um, James Madison in it, maybe proving a little bit. Uh, but yeah. Let's go for Crystal Palace in this, but with no great confidence, I have to say. Uh, this is a game, as you say, Dave, that's perhaps not um, at the top of the billing. Yeah, we are recording this before Leicester go to PSV on Thursday night, so we'll see what exactly what they need uh, in the second leg of that one. So both both sides have games ahead of them this week, don't they, Neil? That are actually mm. probably more important than where they are mid-table in, in the Premier League, both on actually on the same number of points, on 37 points. Uh, Palace have played a couple of games more. Uh, they are nicely mid-table. Um, Leicester might think that they can get somewhere towards the European places again, but um, who knows, really? Um, Palace will think that the FA Cup is the, their nearest way to get getting in to uh, the Europa League or whatever it gets you into these days, the FA Cup. Um, <laughs> we'll... we'll, we'll, we'll are there bigger fish to fry this week for either of these two sides? That's the main question. Yeah, well, Leicester, of course, because they can they can win that European trophy. Um, PSV, tough one. And, and this game is sandwiched in between leg one and leg two for them. Although Leicester, to be fair, at home, which is a help, um, certainly, for this game. Palace, I think, I feel for Conor Gallagher because I think he's been such a good player for Crystal Palace this season and he's going to miss out on, on one of the biggest games of the season, that FA Cup semi-final against uh, his parent club, Chelsea. So I wouldn't mind betting Conor Gallagher to be really fired up to, to want to impress in this game and, and maybe get himself a goal. So if you're looking at goal scorers, he's, he's got six games without a goal. He's got eight this season for, for Crystal Palace. Um, so I'd look at Conor Gallagher to get on the score sheet for Palace. Five unbeaten. You know, they are in form. Three clean sheets in a row. Surprised at that one, I, I must admit. 
Um, but I do fancy Leicester to get a goal as well. They've scored in 14 of the last 16 in the Premier League. So both teams to score, but Conor Gallagher is the goal scorer I like. Uh, Leicester have won their last two home games against Leeds by Alton Hill and Brentford by two goals to one. They've actually um, uh, not been too bad at home this season. I think they started off pretty pretty ropely and they've, they've, they've got things back on track around Christmas in terms of Leicester only lost to Tottenham in their last uh, six, eight games at home. Uh, two draws against Brighton and West Ham uh, before those those couple of wins against Leeds and Brentford. Um Looking at Conor Gallagher for a goal, uh, he is not, not a bad price. He was great against Arsenal on Monday. 3.66 anytime. He's eight first goal. And the both teams to score, as mentioned there by Neil, is 1.71, so it's short. Uh, John Bruin, are we, are we thinking that, that Palace edge it? Leicester are pretty good at home. Um. Yeah, I just I, I, I think that uh, I, I perhaps wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a Brendan shuffle of his of his pack. Um, it's funny you, you mentioned that uh, they're both on the same amount of points. You know, we talk of Palace of uh, you know this week have received rave reviews about what a great season it's been and their best ever in the Premier League. And yet Leicester, this is one of aside from that European competition of disappointment. It shows you how different the focuses of those clubs are. Clubs of reasonably comparable size, you might say, though Leicester probably a bigger club but yeah I, I think I think Palace can take advantage of, of, of Leicester's distractions okay that's uh, Crystal Palace away at Leicester you can get that Palace victory uh, for 3.1 the draw is 3.4 and Leicester 2.33 uh, there is a huge game at the bottom of the Premier League. It is Norwich against Burnley. Uh, 2.85 Norwich, Burnley 2.6. The draw is 3.14. John, I know when you've been on in recent times, we've called Norwich games against the bottom six or so as the the outlier in terms of where where your three points might come from. Um, It's usually from a game against Norwich, unless you're Everton. And might well the relegation struggle be decided by the fact that Everton lost at Norwich and no one else has, and that might be if Burnley go and get themselves the three points here. You just go and pass go and pick up your three points. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was just looking at the game between the two back in October, nil-nil, um, which is a very Burnley score, it feels to me. Um, I, I could actually see this being a draw. Um, that, I mean, Burnley won four games all season, though, uh, their second and third wins did come in succession. So for that to be repeated, uh, it's actually what um, Burnley need. I mean, you know, if if, if Everton have uh, lost uh, to Manchester United and they can climb out of the bottom three for the first time, I worked it out as since August. So um, were they in there in August on alphabetical order? No, no, it, this is after two or three okay. games, but um, well, they they be on alph- alphabetical order, they'd well, be out of, yes, so, out, so, out top of. five, wouldn't they? Yeah. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, they, 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 but yeah, I mean, it would be uh, an amazing turnaround. I, 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 I just wonder, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, it, you'd have to fancy uh, that the Norwich just about gone, uh. We've been waiting all season for Norwich to put a run together. It hasn't happened. Dean Smith has made them a 
better team, but not a team capable of winning enough matches. Um, and then Burnley are finding their straps and in beating Everton. But again, you've got a Norwich clause, and then you've got an Everton clause, which is everyone beats Everton. So it's difficult to call. I can see this one being uh, a bit of a grind. It's an under... 2.5 and under 1.5 affair. It's won by the odd goal. I could see it being won by a late goal. Uh, um, it's, 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 it's very difficult for me to consider the idea of Burnley dominating a game and pushing on and on and on. It just doesn't seem to compute in the Premier League terms, does it? Um, but that's what they have to do. They have to stick at it to, to try and win this game. Um, but yeah, if, if they're to win this game, I think it's by just a single goal. Uh, Neil, is it is it is it just a simpler saying that the Burnley should beat Norwich and so will beat Norwich? Oh, this is this is a big chance, isn't it, for Burnley? We, we mentioned about how big a week it was to beat an Everton, which was massive. But, you know, I think they would have taken four points out of those two games, so they've got that that three points now. Uh, huge game. Away at Norwich. Norwich didn't even have a shot on target away at Brighton last weekend. They look like they're down. I think if they were to lose this game, I think it probably would um, would become even more real. Norwich being uh, relegated, eight without a win. They've drawn two of those games. Um, I'm looking at Burnley and I'm thinking Burnley are the better squad, better players to, to, to win this game. I look at Norwich and I think they, were, they had a better team last season than, than what they have now. Um, whether that's the confidence, the fact that they're going into the games and knowing they're going to get beat... I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I fancy Burnley to, to, to nick it. I'm, I'm with John. There's not going to be a classic. Last quiz question for you. I know you're sick of these questions. So here we go. Not last time, Bring him up. Last time Norwich beat Burnley at home in the league was 2008. Two goal scorers. One's been in jail and one <laughs> um, presents a TV show that's not even football related. Dion Dublin. Correct, John. Oh, yes. Leon Dublin scored in 2008. 2008? How, it was about 40 then. I, mean, I, know, I know. So there you go. Last time Norwich beat Burnley at home in the league, they have beat them in the FA Cup since. Um, Dion Dublin got one of the, the goals in a 2 0 win. The other guy, he's still playing in the Championship. Uh, he has had a stint in jail at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I see. I'll just, I'll, I'll only end up kind of libeling someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's- Got to be careful with this one. Yeah. Um, uh, go on. I'll tell you. I don't want to get you in trouble. Chad Evans. Chad Evans. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that. Yes. Yeah, that. Yeah, we are yes. in dangerous grounds. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all yeah. right. But it, it was overturned. He got out. That's all. There we need you go. To know. That was the last time Norwich beat Burnley at home. And so it was close to the edge there, Neil Meller. There we go. I was only trying to give you a bit of background to the goal scorers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so the goal scorer I'd like you to look at for me is, is the Burnley striker, Veghorst. Came off against Everton, but it, but he's, I think he's an important player for Burnley. He's got one goal for Burnley. He's now played 11 games, um, seven without a goal. So I think he will score this weekend. 3.1 any time he's going for Val Veghorst. Uh, Pukki is still the, the shortest man in the market here, not just on the pitch. 2.4 any time. Uh, 2.75 for Maxwell Corner, got himself a goal against Everton. And so did Jay Rodriguez as well. Uh, 3.5 any time. Uh, late goals might well be the shout in this one, John, considering the way that they got them late on against Everton and they might have yeah. a, bit of, a bit of confidence that they can, even if it is uh, late on in the game, 
But Burnley to hold out for 75 minutes and go for it? That doesn't sound very Sean Dyche to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jay Rodriguez, 3.5. They're, they're a fit team, aren't they? That's the thing. They, you know, yes. they, they, they'd last. Yeah. Uh, very quickly then, uh, before we get on to the main course, uh, Brentford against West Ham in uh, another, oh. we're going to call it a London derby. Uh, Brentford 2.75, West Ham 2.6, a draw is 3.33. And we've spoken about Leicester having European games that might well get in the way. Uh, West Ham have a huge tie with Leon because they now, they, they think they can win that Europa League, don't they? Uh, again, we are recording this probably uh, yeah, before uh, their inevitable 5-0 hammering Um Yes, I will go for that that verb uh, to, uh, against Leon, but it's a it's a, such an interesting tie that they've got in Europe. Neil, do you think this game will just have their eye taken off it by what's happening in Europe? We've got to crunch point really for West Ham, haven't we? Well, a massive game, yeah, and the fans are excited with this Europa League run. Um, I think Leon aren't as good as Sevilla, who, who, who West Ham beat in, in the previous round, so. They'll take confidence and belief that they, they can beat Leon, and they know they've got, to, they've got to take an advantage going into that second leg. So I think they will put an enormous amount into this game. I think the fans will also give them a great deal um, in that game. It will be a, a huge crowd, um, and I just wonder how that will affect them going into this Brentford game. We said it last time, having beaten Sevilla, it would affect them, and it did. They got beat by Spurs, the Premier League game after. This could be something similar. You know, if, if West Ham were to get an advantage against Leon. I think they would be quite happy to get a point against Brentford. I know they're in the battle for top four and obviously top six as well this season, uh, West Ham. Um, but but I think that excerpts against Leon might affect their outcome against Brentford. So I'm going to go sit on the fence and think a draw for this one. Again, they could be as far down as in eighth place when this game kicks off uh, later on, depending what the, the results have been around the rest of the Premier League. Uh, they are just about within touching distance of the European places, but have played uh, at least one game more than everyone else around them. So it might be that the uh, the, the emphasis starts to move towards what's going on in, in the Europa League. Still some big teams in that when they get through, if they get through. Uh, John, they still need to keep winning in, in the Premier League though, don't they? And Brentford beat them at the London Stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you're right, Dave, not to call this a local derby uh, because... I went to Brentford earlier this season and then uh, that evening decided I was going to visit a friend who lives near the London Stadium. And nearly two hours later, I arrived at his... <laughs> <laughs> I could have got to Macclesfield in the time it took me there. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. Um, Brentford on a roll, the Christian Eriksen story. Might be the story of the season, really. Might, in it, you know, his, his return from, uh, well... Uh, however we want to put it, uh, from his cardiac arrest and that those shocking that shocking afternoon back in June, last June, um, Brentford are enjoying themselves, um, and you know they, they, these are the salad days for them. Uh, West Ham, uh, and it's going to be a good atmosphere. West Ham, um, yeah, I think all the focus, all the eggs are in that particular basket, and you know what. I think that's absolutely fine. You speak to any West Ham fan, they will tell you that Europe is the thing. Um, we'll see what happens with the rest of the season. Um, they have dropped away a little bit in that European battle. Um, you, you, you perhaps favour a Brentford win. Um, I just think that, 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 as I said, they're enjoying themselves. Uh, Ericsson at the fulcrum um, and uh, 
is, is Ivan Tony fit at the moment? I think so. Uh, he's a pro, he's a player that can cause anyone any problems. Um, and if your uh, if your attention is on another game, uh, as you might suggest that they were for Chelsea the previous weekend when Chelsea were probably looking ahead to to Real Madrid and got caught cold by Brentford. I suggest the same might happen to West Ham this weekend. And they've got they have got a real chance, particularly Neil, as as, as John suggests, with with Christian Eriksen in the side, they are a completely different team. It, it would seem that they've they've just he's up to the game of every single player in that squad. What a player! Yeah, great to see him uh, playing at the levels we knew he was at. Obviously, before the incident in the uh, in the summer. Um, and I think players like Tony benefit from that and he will be sought after in the summer. There's no doubt about that. Christian Eriksen. So for Brentford fans, for Brentford, they can enjoy this time having a top quality player like Christian Eriksen. So, so yeah, I fancy Tony to get a goal for that reason. He scored two in his last home game. He's got four in four at home. And with Eriksen supplying the ammunition, I fancy Tony to get on the score sheet. Okay, well, you can have uh, Tony at 2.5. Uh, Ericsson, um, who we mentioned last week in the assist market as well, uh, very much a possibility. He's 5.33 any time to score. He's 10 first goal. Not sure the assist markets are around at the moment. Maybe not in this game. No, not in this one, but they will be in, in a few. And they might well be in play as well if you can have a look uh, while the game is on. But we think that Brentford are a shout at 2.75. West Ham are the favourites in this game at 2.6, 3.33 to draw. I can see goals as well with a few tired legs around over two and a half is 2.05 um, but we're just sneaking in on Brentford maybe by the odd goal or who knows they went and scored four at Chelsea didn't they um, okay so that's the two o'clock kickoffs in the Premier League uh, next up we will look at the game of the game of the decade the game of the season certainly <laughs> um, who's going to blow this up um, uh, to anything bigger than that it is Manchester City against Liverpool The big game of the weekend. It's the one we've all been waiting for, um, shivering with and working on how we're going to watch this game. It's Manchester City versus Liverpool at the Etihad. It is a City with the one-point advantage going into this one. A lot of people making this out to be the title decider. Long way to go. Um, Manchester City 2.05, very much the favourites for this one. Liverpool 3.5 to win this game. 3.66 the draw. Over two and a half goals is very short at 1.68. Uh, under is quite long considering the two teams involved and the how tight this may well be at 2.16. Uh, Neil Meller, obviously you have a certain horse in this race. Um, but do you think with the way that Pep Guardiola has not, I said he wouldn't tinker with things in the Champions League, are we awaiting a tactical masterstroke from Pep Guardiola here or is this simply just two teams, top of their game, and they're going to go at it. And we don't see many games like that in the Premier League. Oh, I hope Pep starts messing about with that team and trying try to overthink it. Um, if that is the case, then I would be happy. From a Liverpool point of view, I was actually offered a ticket for this game and I've turned it down. I've turned it down. And I'll tell you the reason why. The ticket was offered to me from my dad. Uh, my dad is a former Manchester City player. He actually scored, he scored the winning goal in this fixture back in 1971. Can you believe it? Um Kevin Keegan's sixth game for Liverpool, it was. Um, but I would have had to sit next to him in the city end. Now, this is a big game. I, I said to him, Dad, 
if Liverpool score, I cannot stop myself jumping up. So for that reason, I'm going to watch it at home with my lad and um, and you enjoy the game. So, um, so I'm not going to go to the game, but it will be a cracking game. You know, City fans, Liverpool fans inside the stadium, fans around the world. And, and I think that's that's the point as well I would make. City and Liverpool have been brilliant in the Premier League over the last four or five seasons. And I think that's generated a lot of new supporters for the Premier League and English football. So that's credit to City, that's credit to Liverpool because of how good they've been, the brand of football. And I hope we get to see the brand of football that both teams have produced over the last few years. You mentioned about Pep. I hope he doesn't overcomplicate things. I hope he goes out with his team. Liverpool will go out with their team. And I hope it is a cracking game, which we're all looking forward to. At uh, one point between them this season, uh, I think it's about to say it's one point between them since the start of the 18-19 season, something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, which is just just remarkable. I, I was at the game at Anfield, the two-two, which is still, I mean, it it kind of chills down the spine. It was such a good game of football to be at. Two teams just properly going at it, uh, which compared to some early season fixes between these two uh, was was a, a, a nice surprise uh, because they've had a few a few dull draws. But John Bruin, would City take the draw right now? I, I think so. Yeah, you'd have to say so. I mean, I think in in anything. In these in these big battles at the top of the table, so late in the season, though, actually the, the deal is that it's not that late in the season, isn't it? So that you can draw, and then hope that the other teams slip up. Um, and if you were Manchester City, you'd look at Liverpool's run. You know they've won every game since December, and you've got to think, well, hang on, they can't keep that up. Uh, and for Liverpool, you'd look at City and think, well, okay, they've wobbled a bit in recent weeks. So if we take a draw, there's a possibility they wobble elsewhere. Um, having said that, well, like both of you, and as as to the actual neutral here, uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I really hope to see a game as good as the one that we saw back in November. Absolutely excellent, as you said. Um, and in that game, I think you saw Salah, at his best, which perhaps hasn't been to the fore just recently. And you also saw Phil Foden, um, who seems to be a bit of a Liverpool specialist, doesn't he? Um, destroyed them uh, during the pandemic season, didn't he? Um, when Alisson had, well, that game that I'm sure both of you recall. Um, and so, yeah, I fancy... If I was to make a play, mention a player in here, I fancy Phil Foden to get involved here. Um, it was him, of course, who supplied uh, the goal the other night um, in the against Atletico. It was his yeah, assist. eighty seconds. He was on uh, the pitch. He passed the ball to De Bruyne. Well, uh, yeah, he's some player, isn't he? And, and of course, De Bruyne scored that deflected equaliser last time. Um, it's so close between these teams, isn't it? Um, and as Neil said. Liverpool are going to play their game. They played the game that we expect Liverpool to play. Um, the the intangible is what stratagem uh, Pep Guardiola has come up with for this game. Um, and you'd suspect that they're going to be stronger than they were against Atletico Madrid. Um, Kyle Walker would be in the team, um, I suspect. And... It's very difficult to call, to call, other than to hedge it and look look for, you know, over one over two and a half goals, a draw, that type of thing. Um, I think there's going to be goals in this. 
Uh, I think the, the, the nerves uh, are going to lead to some mistakes. Though, Dave, for the doom-mongers amongst us, uh, and I'm one of those, what's nil-nil looking like? It will be a very good nil-nil, I'd imagine. The draw, the draw oh, yeah, high-quality point- nil-nil. Yeah. <laughs> the, the draw is 3.6. Uh, and you can have uh, exact goals of zero. Exact goal zero at 15, which is a very, very nice. high for a nil-nil. Um, but, Neil Miller, um, Liverpool have conceded seven goals since that uh, crazy two-all draw at Chelsea. Uh, two of those have been to Norwich, uh, in one in the FA Cup and one in the league. Uh, one was to Shrewsbury in the FA Cup, one was to Cardiff in the FA Cup. They, they are, And one was to Inter Milan in the Champions League where they, where they went through anyway. They have been solid as a rock since yeah. since that game at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, brilliant. They've conceded one in the Premier League in the last eight games. Um, and, and it is a battle between Alliston and Edison, the goalkeepers for Golden Glove. That's an interesting battle, side battle to, uh, to keep an eye on. What I would say is, uh, and a few factors now, I think City have had a tougher Champions League game than Liverpool. City mm. made three changes. Liverpool made six changes. And... Uh, for that reason, I think Liverpool will be slightly fresher for, for this game. Um, another factor we mentioned about defensively for Liverpool, Fabinho is so underrated in this Liverpool team. Van Dijk gets headlines, Alisson, Salah. <coughs> um, Fabinho is so important. Fabinho came on with half an hour to go last weekend against Watford. Liverpool were winning the game 1-0. Watford didn't even have a shot in the game after that. Now, you would think a team, okay, a struggling team would try and chase an equaliser. They did not have a shot in 30 minutes. That is Fabinho being that shield. His nickname is the Dyson, the Hoover, because he just hoovers it all up in front of the back wall. He's massive. Now, we've not even mentioned one player uh, in this chat, and it's Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent was missing in that game at, at, at Anfield earlier on the season. It was 2-2. And for that reason, I thought he was a huge, huge miss. Liverpool had six shots in the game. Liverpool usually have, on average, about 18, 19 shots, 20 shots a game. I think Trent back into the team is massive for Liverpool. And that's why I'm thinking Liverpool can go there and get the victory. I'm hoping Fabinho's OK, because he got a little knock against Benfica on his head. I think he will be OK and start the game. Liverpool, no injuries, fully fit squad. Who starts in the front three? I think it's difficult to predict. I think Firmino will start. He was on the bench at Anfield in the game earlier on the season, but I think he's perfect at stopping Rodri get on the ball. And City, as good as they are, and, and I think De Bruyne is in great form, defensively, I don't think they are as strong as Liverpool. I think Diaz out is a big blow. Uh, John mentioned about Walker coming in, which is massive. Cancelo will go left back. But I don't think they're as settled defensively as Liverpool are. And Liverpool's attack can really get at City's defence, I think. Yeah, just just being unsettled, chopping and changing, players coming in, players coming back, might be in a game with not too much between these two sides, John. It, it might be where where it's won and lost and Liverpool can just, just about play on the, the the slight inconsistencies that City might have in, in defence. But they're such a strong side going forward. Well, yeah, that's true. But, you know, if you play for Pep Guardiola... Uh, interchangeable coming in and out of the team that's part of the gig right uh, and that, that includes you know sitting out long parts of the season as players like Laporte and Stones have done to come back in and then be very important players I think this is such a test of Guardiola really because um, this, this you know this is the type of game that we've seen him falter at before in the Champions League um, and also you know you think you think of games where City 
they've set out to win the title. I mean, there was the game against Manchester United going back four years, wasn't there, where City could pull off the ultimate heist in that they would win the title by beating Manchester United. And then Pep had a Pep. Pogba had his best 45 minutes for, that has ever been for Manchester United. And, you know, it, it, it fell apart at that point. Um of the two, you'd suggest Jurgen Klopp has the greater mental strength, the the perhaps the, the greater belief in, in what he's doing being the right way. Um and yeah, I, I just think it relies upon um if Pep gets it right, then Liverpool are in big trouble because they're playing a very good team. Uh and with those interchangeable players who and if they're feeling confident within that system, then any team in the world's going to struggle against them. Um, but Liverpool have been so strong since December. Uh, to think that they were written off, to think that we were crowning Manchester City champions back in on January the 2nd, which I think we were, um, it's been brilliant from Liverpool. And I think the momentum is with them. Um, and if you if you were a player of the odds and, you know, a, a small stakes better like me, um, you fancy Liverpool to take it, really. If, if they're the better odds. Liverpool are the uh, the outsiders for this. So the draw actually is, is the outside bet, 3.66. Liverpool, 3.5. City, 2.05. We're hopefully looking forward to quite the game. I mean, can we see a lot of goals in this one, Neil? Do you think it will be end-to-end stuff or one team might just take it, as City have done uh, in, in recent times with that, that 4-1 win? Um, and having won this this game here at the Etihad 4-0 themselves back in 2020, but Liverpool were already champions yeah. then. Yeah, Dave, that's the bet for me. Both teams to score. Um, both will not want to lose the game, but both will try and win the game. And whoever scores first, the other team will, will have a right go to score the next goal. So I think there'll be chances, goals in the game. Um, and it could be a case of who's more clinical on, on the day um, when it comes to those opportunities. So, yes, both teams to score. Won't mind having a bet on Salah. A few people have, have been critical of him recently. I think he's gone three games without scoring. Uh, he got goal of the season in this fixture earlier on in the season. Um, and I think he might just answer and go, don't write me off because I'm one of the best in the world. And this could be the game to do it with the world watching. 2.83 anytime for Mo Salah. Mahrez is the favourite still, in, as he always is in City games. 2.66 anytime. De Bruyne, who is, I think will be, if, if City win the title, probably is the player of the season anyway, at three anytime. Yeah. Sterling is back into some amazing form at three anytime and Diego Jota um, who is uh, he may well even he's approaching Salah's record for goals this season certainly in the Premier League he's right up there and is, doesn't take penalties uh, 3.25 what's the odds to start Dave what's Dave what's Jota's odds to start I don't, I don't think he might not even start do you think he won't start he, or will, will Klopp do one of his things and play off as he did play all four although he's got five forwards now to pick from but he, he started Jota on the right hand side when he first came into the uh, into the Liverpool team uh, way way back now feels way back probably a year ago is it um, two seasons ago when Jota came in um, interesting player in this game I think and, and could well he's trying to find the player who's who's going to make the headlines and there's a lot of players who can could we look at you know a Trent Alexander-Arnold free kick uh, I mean defenders to score in this type of yeah. game this type of game just thinking of it, it's you know you're thinking of big goals scored by centre backs. A Virgil Van Dijk goal, which for my mind appears something of a rarity. Mm. Uh, 
um, you know, or a Laporte header or John Stones or, or something along those lines. You can see neither of these teams are particular. I mean, apart from Trent, maybe a, a, a fantastic set piece teams. You know, they're not, this is not Pulis and Allardyce here, but maybe, you know, a, a goal from a corner, that type of thing. In which case, we're looking at the defenders, aren't we? We are. And you can have Joel Matip at 21 anytime, 26 first goal. Uh, you can scroll through and find um, Van Dyke at 14 anytime. Always, it surprises me that Van Dyke is always shorter than Matip um, at 14. 21 first goal. Cancelo at 13. Laporte is 11 anytime, 20 for first goal. Uh, and then you can get even higher. Who's the, where is Trent in this? Uh, he's 15 anytime, 21 first goal. Uh, all of those possibilities from set pieces. And um, Liverpool are the set piece kings. Uh, either from the set piece or in the 10 seconds immediately after a set piece, uh, Liverpool can be very, very strong. Um, Roberto Firmino on the list there, 4.25. Uh, reminds me of possibly the, the least remembered great goal, which was uh, Liverpool's goal in that defeat. Um which the game we were talking about earlier in the podcast, which was the the, the one where the eleven millimeters uh, cost <laughs> Liverpool the title, um, the goal I think was the Firmino goal scored by Liverpool that day was one of the best team goals you'll probably ever see, but no one ever remembers it because they got beat that day. Um, but I do. Uh, Manchester City against Liverpool is the huge fixture in the Premier League this weekend. It is City two point zero five, Liverpool three point five. The draw is three point six six. Cards on the table quickly. I think I know which way Neil Mellor's going to go with this. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Both teams will score. Salah will score. Liverpool to win. Go top of the table Sunday night. John Bruin, the voice of reason. Uh, both teams to score and a draw for me. There you go. The the score draw you can have at. Let me just find that for you. The draw and both teams to score is four point two five. Liverpool and both teams to score is five point six six. Uh, City and both teams to score is 3.5. And that brings to an end uh, this rather large weekend of Premier League football. Uh, that is uh, the sportsbet.io Premier League preview podcast. My thanks to uh, Neil Mellor and John Bruin for joining me through all of these games. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy that big game between City and Liverpool. Please always gamble responsibly. Uh, visit begambleaware.org for more information. This is a sports betting media production. Uh, I have been David Eason. I continue to do that. And uh, please have a happy weekend and we'll see you for more Champions League football on the other side of this. Clubhouse Premier League betting previews with sportsbet.io. Previewing every game of the English Premier League. Listen to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played. Please gamble responsibly.